This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello and welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with the cousins, Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Husker CuzCast for all podcast updates and more. Game week is finally upon us, guys. In fact, we're going to see Nebraska play live football at Ohio State in less than four days. Derek, how good does that feel? Oh, so great. Like, this is fine. This has been the longest damn offseason of our lives. Yeah. Literally and figuratively. Like, it it just seems like it's been forever since we played. Because it has. Tyler, did you think we would ever make it this far? Yes and no. I mean, there was a point in time I thought it was a lock. Then there was a point in time (laughs) I thought we were screwed. And then, then, then it seemed like it was good. I mean... You know, Derek said it's been a long off season. Um, you know, I love what this team is. Tonight's the Nebraska preview. We have a great guest on. Justin's going to preview that. But like, man, I, I am pumped for tonight's episode, and I'm pumped for the season. Yeah, to second that, man. Uh, again, great show planned for tonight. You know, we're going to finish off our Husker season preview, and as Tyler was saying, we're going to uh, Corey Thompson of the Scarlet and Great Podcast. He's going to join us to break down the Ohio State game. That's going to be a lot of fun. But first, let's get into this. Uh, let's finish off our season preview. A uh, little admin note here. This week, uh, five captains were revealed to us. Uh, quarterback Adrian Martinez, wide receiver Cade Warner, offensive lineman Matt Farniak, uh, linebacker Colin Miller, and defensive back DiCaprio Boodle. All, all of these guys are named starters. Uh, or I'm sorry, not starters. Uh, captains. Tyler, what do you think? Um, you know, th- there was a couple guys in this list I, w- I wasn't shocked by. A Farniok, a DiCaprio Boodle, both those guys I fully expected to be captains. Um, you know, Adrian, okay, I'm, I'm, I could buy that. Cade Warner and Colin Miller are both a little bit of shockers to me. Um, you know, Cade Warner is a junior. Um, you know, he, he's definitely become kind of a guy that I think a lot of fans are behind. I'm behind him, uh, but still a little shocked. And then Colin Miller... Um, you know, obviously he's been around, but I would have thought like a Ben Stilly would have been a guy, maybe a Jojo Doman over oh, yeah. him. Um, but you know, both of them are seniors too, but you know, I mean, you know, kudos to Colin Miller. He must've shown it in the off season and going into the season. So I, I trust the team. I trust the coaches and that he is a leader of this team. Derek, do you like this list? Uh, well, it doesn't matter if I like it or not, I guess. Right. At the end of the day, there are captains, uh, Am I surprised? I, I guess, as Tyler always likes to say, you took the words right out of my mouth. Like, DiCaprio Boodle, Matt Farniak, and really Adrian Martinez, to me, are no surprise whatsoever. Uh, Adrian Martinez was a captain last year. It doesn't surprise me he is again this year. I know there was an, a, an apparent uh, battle for that job, but I, I still question how much of a battle that actually was. Uh, but Cade Warner... Really, like, for him to be a captain, to to go from walk-on to captain at Nebraska... Right. ...is really a great story. <laughs> like, like I love it. Like, But it surprised the hell out of me. And Colin Miller, uh, I, I, I've been a little harder on him, I guess, 
because I didn't know what to expect out of him. But to come out and be a captain this year, it speaks volumes of what he's doing, I guess. So Cade Warner, apparently he was put on placed on scholarship in the spring semester. Uh, but, you know, he's been a walk-on, and this is going to be his first season as a scholarship player. And you're right, as a captain, I mean, that that's just, that is truly remarkable. I mean, that just goes to show. Has, has, that, has that ever happened at Nebraska? I, I know we're not historians here, but has anybody gone from just a walk-on to a captain like that? I, I don't know about junior campaign, but do you remember, I think it was Rodoni. Is, is that, I might be getting that name right. Oh, Rigoni, the uh, special yeah, teams dude. Yeah, Rigoni, yeah. Yeah, he's like, it's like five foot five. He was a Rudy. He was, I mean, that was yeah. what fans thought of him. Um, he was, he, I thought about this. He was the only one, and the only other person I thought about, but I don't think he made captain. Uh, I don't think Chris Weber made captain. No. I, so yeah, so I Rigoni was the only guy that stuck out to me, and Chris Weber was kind of a question mark. God, if he wasn't five five, what was he? I mean, I, I feel mean, bad. I'm like shorting him an inch or two, but I mean, it, it's not much though. <laughs> yeah. But he was fun to watch. All right, but but, uh, the, but Cade Warner did it as a junior. I mean, that's what's yeah. remarkable. I mean, like, I mean, like, I I I, I double checked that. Like, is he a, is he a senior? Like, maybe it made sense if he was a senior, but no, it, or is he a if, sophomore? I mean. No, he's a junior. It, he's a junior. It yeah, feels like, like he's been. He, it feels like he should be a senior. I mean, it feels like he's been in the program for so long. But yeah, uh, that's because these last four or five years have just been an eternity for in Nebraska fan. Yeah, that's true. All right, let's move on. Uh, a depth chart. Uh, a, we thought we were going to get one, but a depth chart was not released. So basically, what we have to do is we, we kind of have to put together the pieces that the uh, the coaches have been laying out for us just to come up with the depth chart here. Uh, but first, Derek, were you shocked that Scott Frost did not release the depth chart? Yeah, absolutely. But until tonight, when I started really looking for an Ohio State, an Ohio State depth chart. And so with this new whole uh, alliance between Ryan Day and Scott Frost, I'm kind of wondering what's going on here because I can't find an, a depth chart for nothing, I, I've, I've I've found a lot of projected depth charts for Ohio State, but I've not found an official depth chart at all. So it seems that both of these coaches are going at the same tactic of, I'm not going to tell you who's going to be playing. I'm not sure how that works out, unless you have some secret weapon going on that none of us know about. Yeah, it, it's kind of like, you know, uh, in, in games, you know, you don't want to show them too much offense or something. You don't want to show them the secret place. What are you saving them for, you know? I mean, you're seven games in. What are you saving them for? Anyway, it's good for you. Tyler, what do you think about I'm not shocked at all. I mean, Scott Frost has – I mean, last year he started putting depth charts out a little bit earlier. Year one, he did not. I feel like Scott Frost has always kind of liked to hold things close to the vest. Um, we might get one Thursday. I wouldn't be shocked to see one even tomorrow. Really? Um, but I mean, it it doesn't shock me that he's playing it close to his vest. Um, it wouldn't shock me if we don't have one before game time. So. so things so things we know. Adrian Martinez is indeed the starter. I don't think that's going to shock uh, any Husker fan. I mean, he was kind of everybody figured he was going to be the guy. I not everyone. We all did, but not everyone. Well, there's a lot of crazies out there. Come on. Yeah. Like. I, I've seen I've seen a few comments where 
Well, Adrian Martinez is only getting the start because he's Scott Frost's boy. And has he recruited him? Well, who do you think friggin' recruited Luke McCaffrey? Like, right. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Scott Frost likes Luke McCaffrey a lot too, well, guys. And my and, and right up there with my least favorite takes. That's up there, probably my least favorite. But my second one is the only reason why Adrian Martinez is starting is because it's Ohio State and we're going to lose anyway. Like, I hate. I, I mean, do you really think Scott Frost is like? You know what? I think Luke McCaffrey gives us the best shot to win. But you know what? We're probably going to lose anyway. Let me play Luke McCaffrey. Uh, let me play Adrian. Let him get beat up, and then I'll put Luke yeah, McCaffrey in. There, there's some bad takes out there. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, we, we're the only ones with good takes, right? Damn so, right. Okay, so Diedrich Mills, not a shock. He's going to be the starter. But what came out today is very interesting, is the number two running back. And that's uh, Ronald Tompkins. I think that caught... Almost all of Husker Nation by surprise. I think a lot of people already had Ramir Johnson penciled in for that number two slot based off of, you know, he played last year. Ronald Tompkins is coming off a knee injury. And, you know, but for him to be the number two guy, I think that is very interesting. Am I alone? I think it's interesting. I, I mean, look, look, my, my perspective on this, I like Ronald Tompkins more than Ramir Johnson coming out of high school. Obviously, Ronald Tompkins has injury history um, for Husker fans. He's had three knee surgeries. Um, you know, I, I have been the guy this whole offseason going into the season that's been very, very worried about a running back position. Um, it's not because of Diedrich Mills. It's because of the backup. It wasn't because I, I didn't have a lot of faith in Ramir Johnson to be that guy. You know, Ronald Tompkins, I don't know if I have much more faith in him to be that backup guy, but I, I, I hope that he's healthy. I think we all are rooting for him. Um, but to me, that's just kind of a sign of where our running back position is. I, I don't I, – unfortunately, I'm not riding the optimistic wave of him being that good and getting the job and shocking the world. It's more of he's the best of the burn victims right now. Jeez. All right, Derek, what are your thoughts? You know what? I feel like I'm sitting on the crapper with a cherry bomb in the toilet because I got blown away. <laughs> that's you know, that's I, so corny. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was funny. You're still laughing. Uh, you know, I don't no, really, honestly, I, I never anticipated Ronald Tompkins. Like, I was questioning whether this guy would ever see the field. Even up to two weeks ago, I was questioning whether this guy would ever see the field. So for him to be named the number two starter, just it did. It blew me away. Uh, I, I I absolutely 100% had Ramir Johnson penciled in as number two guy. I thought he looked good in that. The one time I really saw good game footage of him. Uh, but it, bring, it kind of comes back to, you know, a question that Justin brought up a week or two ago about are we going to have maybe a little bit of a running back by committee situation? Because I, I can't, I can't see, I can't see Ramirez Johnson getting no playing time at this point. Well, they well, didn't I've been saying the- this. I mean, I think the backup spot is by committee. I and I, I think that you'll see Ramirez Johnson. I think you'll see him. I, I also these two true freshmen. I, I mean, I might be crazy, but but Sevian Morrison. Uh, in particular, I, I wouldn't be shocked. We're going to do bold predictions, and I'm going to kind of give one away, but as we do this, because I'm not, was it, it was kind of that. I wouldn't be shocked to see a true freshman, namely Sevian Morrison, take over that number two running spot by year end. I really wouldn't. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, but but let's let's. That I mean, is I, pretty I, I made, bold. That is pretty is bold. It? Yeah. Well, okay. So so I thought that that well preview. I have some more bold ones, but so Sevia more. But let me just say this on Ronald Tompkins. I said worse of the burn victims, and that sounds disparagingly. But this takes nothing away. I hope this guy blows me away. I hope in two weeks I'm sitting on this podcast by. Like, Damn, we got a guy there, and I hope it is Ronald Tompkins. Uh, I love this kid coming. I, I, lo- I mean, that recruiting class. If, if before he got injured, when we got him, there, there have been very few players that I was excited about when I looked into him as Ronald Tompkins. And you know, he wasn't the highest rated guy, but man, he, he is, he's a baller. And if he is back to that status, Nebraska's got a good one there. They do. Yeah. So we don't have any information as far as the wide receivers go. I think what you can deduce, though, you know Wondell Robinson, he's going to be the guy. Now that Cade Warner has been named captain, you can pencil him in as a starter, right? So that third wide receiver spot. Omar Manning, he's dinged up. He's probably not going to travel to Ohio State. We don't know when he's going to play. So... Who's going to be that third guy? The coaches, you know, they've named a whole bunch of other guys that could play, but I don't think anybody's really uh, come to the top of the list. Well, from Justin, what give, us a run, give us a rundown of the guys that the coaches mentioned. I may be putting you on the spot there, but. So they've talked about Olani Brown. Uh, that's, that's one of the guys. Uh, Chris Hickman, his name gets brought up from time to time. Uh, they talk about uh, Levi Falk, the the walk the walk on. Uh, there's another walk on whose name escapes me at the moment that gets brought up. Uh, Marcus Fleming. I don't know. I don't know how much they've really said about Xavier Betts as far as greatness going in practice. Now, I mean, he doesn't sound like that he's going to be in the running for starter. From what I've gathered, though, uh, you know they they talk. A lot about some of these names, but I don't know who who's that number three guy. I mean, Derek, what do you think? Have you do you? You you know what I really think is it, it amazes me that we've heard nothing out of Jamie Nance or Demarion Houston. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a shocker. I, 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 I still I still think there's got to be some potential there, especially after Jamie Nance had such a great uh, spring last year, and then he had a, a good fall season. And he didn't get a lot of playing time, but we all kind of expected him to take a step forward. And I, I don't know. There hasn't been a lot of mention of him. Well, so that's going to be very interesting, you know, to see who lines up on Saturday, unless yeah, we get it. That's true. No, I mean, Omar Manning, we all had penciled in as a starter. Him yeah. being banged up hurts us. Um, you know, I, we're going to talk about Ohio State, but I mean, uh, one of the we're talking about the season more, but one of the main reasons why I think we're going to get better as the season goes on because I think Omar Manning is a player. It's a shame he's not going to be healthy. Maybe he'll be there, maybe he won't, but no one's expecting him to contribute on Saturday. Right. And if you listen to the defense, I mean, we already know who's going to be the guys in the secondary. Those guys are. They're, they're written in stone. I mean, we got a solid group of guys there between Cam Taylor-Britt, uh, DiCaprio Boodle, uh, Markel Dismook, and uh, help me out. Deontay Williams. Deontay Williams, yeah. Those guys are set in stone. Defensive line, uh, 
We think the who it's going to be. Line's really the only question. Yeah. The, the, I think linebackers are, are at least at least far starters. I don't know about uh, rotating in and out, but the the linebackers to me are set in stone. It, it's and outside of Ben Stilley and maybe Damian Daniels, and I'm not sure he's set in stone, but that's that's the only position group. The defensive line is the only position group that I don't know is set in stone. Can, can we go back to linebackers? So there, there's been talks. Um, through the media and the team, that sounds like there's going to be a three-person inside linebacker rotation. Um, you know, you've heard that, and then it sounds like there's a lot of guys at outside backer that can contribute. Are you a little surprised that that's the approach they're going with? Um, well, I, I think the surprise is, and I talked to Justin about this before, is why is Nick Henrik moving out to outside backer if there's so many outside backers that are able to play? when we have only three guys on inside backers that can play. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a great point. I mean, unless the, are they just going to ride those three guys? So the three guys that get brought up is Colin Miller, Will Honus, and Luke Reimers. They're at uh, inside linebacker. What, what happened to Clements? I mean, like, I mean, you, you bring it. Uh, I, I, I know that he was brought up by, uh, by the media and asked uh, Barrett Root about him. And he, he basically alluded to he was going to be a special teams guy for this year. He's still but, trying to pick up the defense. Yeah, he's he, not quite I mean, ready. But, like, I, I, I mean, I, and that's fine. Maybe he, there's a learning curve. But you bring in a Juco inside backer who's a junior. He's not a sophomore. He's a junior. I mean, and he isn't ready to make the two deep. Or, I mean, I. He could be, in the, he, he could be in the two deep, but they're going to run yeah. a th- three, uh, three man rotation. Maybe that's rotation. why we don't have a depth chart. Maybe he's the uh, secret weapon. Yeah. Maybe. So, but 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 outside backer, you can talk about Henrik moving out there. That I mean, that's shocking to me. And I know we have a lot of guys in inside backer. I mean, we we don't talk about Snodgrass a lot. Um, we don't talk about Jackson Han a lot. Um, you know, those two guys, you know, definitely seem like they could play. So maybe it makes sense, but. But you haven't yeah, heard a lot yeah. about him in camp, in fall no, camp. I mean, you, you well, yeah, we, and, and we have to root for Jackson Hanna after having him on the show once or twice, I think it was, yeah. last year. So, I mean, we have to root for this guy. This oh, kid. Like, I, I, and Jackson Hanna's parents bought a house in Lincoln to tailgate. They're hosting the tailgate spots for all the parents. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I, we, I am a Jackson Hanna guy. Like, I mean, I'm buying stock in that young man. Um, but... Yeah, outside backer is intriguing as hell to me. I, I thought it was. I thought that was the position group we're going to see a three man rotation, not inside backer. And you know, you hear you hear Payne, uh, former defensive lineman, moving out there. Uh, JVR, Nico I Cooper. mean, Wright got injured. You, he seemed like he was a factor. I, I Heinrich going out there might be a situation of the coaches like. Is, is that a little bit scary to you that they're not that confident in the JoJo Doman? Caleb Tanner, Garrett Nelson, or is that just, I mean, or is that, I mean, him moving out there, is that more of a sign of the inside backers, hey, Colin Miller, Will Honus, Reimer, they can play, or is it more of a sign of JoJo, Nelson, and Tanner, man, they may need another body back there. So hearing Dawson speak about this, it kind of sounded like that they have certain packages for each individual is there at outside linebacker, depending on what package that they're running. You know, it could be like uh, Fedorius Payne or Garrett Nelson or whatever. 
plug in the six names that he threw in there. They don't have a guy right now that can do it all. Right. And yeah, they think that, they don't have anybody that can just run all the paths. Yeah, they think Caleb Tanner. They're they're like. They want Caleb Tanner to be at there. You know, he's trying to get to that next level, but they just don't have a guy there yet with all the different packages. So maybe that is why we're seeing so many different names thrown out there at outside linebacker. Um, you know, maybe Shenander's going to get a little bit more creative uh, on defense and, you know, establishing a pass rush and. and well, whatever. So. And I will say this. Let, I mean, let's I, hope he can find a blitz on third down. Well. <laughs> Well, I think the three guys that we all consider to play are the blitzers, right? I think the concern is why you might see guys moving out there, whether it be Payne, uh, Heinrich, is because of run defense. And we saw deficiencies last year with JoJo Doman um, and Garrett Nelson in particular, and Caleb Tanner to a degree, in the run defense column. And maybe, hey, if we're going against Wisconsin, man, we can't afford that you know, the deficiencies and Jojo, we love him. He's a great guy. He's a playmaker, but man, I I don't trust him against a Wisconsin back. Maybe that's where we're going on that. Well, hopefully we see a depth chart here later in the week. If not, I guess we'll be all surprised on Saturday. Uh, Let's get into our bold predictions. Uh, Each of us have a couple bold predictions for the season. Uh, So we'll just kind of go around the room here. Derek, your first bold prediction is? All right. So Nebraska last year took a big step forward on defense that people don't bring up enough, I think. Uh, Nebraska ranked 34th in takeaways last year with 21 takeaways. So my bold prediction is they take a giant step forward again, and they rank in the top 15 in takeaways this year. Do you get a number assigned to that? Uh, between 25 and 30. Okay. That's a pretty damn good year. Especially with nine, with just a nine game schedule there. Wow. All right. Uh, thoughts on that, Tyler? I, I, go takeaways. <laughs> no, I, 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 I mean. It's sure. the secondary. Tyler, you talked about how great the secondary is. Well, and the, I think they're going to pick some balls off. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll i just give mine because it kind of leads into my first one. I've already alluded to this. I think our pass defense will be in the top 20 in the country. Um, I, I, I I don't see teams throwing the ball on us. Um, you know, Saturday probably will be one of our two worst pass defense games. So please do not troll me on Twitter after the Ohio State game and say, you said the secondary is going to be top 20. No, Ohio State is going to be one of our two worst pass defense games of the year, but I think the secondary is lights out. I think the pass rush will be better. Um, I think we'll have a top 20 pass defense is one of my bold predictions. So, Tyler, let's elaborate on this. Top 20 pass defense. Uh, so, last year, what, what were we for total defense? Hovering around 80, right? Somewhere around that 80 mark for top defense. So, if uh, we're a top 20 pass defense, and... I, I don't think our defense is ranked that low. Or not pass defense. No, total defense all, last year. Total 80, defense right? was. So, if we're going to be top 50 total defense, like what you have said in the past, does that mean our rushing defense is going to really be bad this year? Well, I don't want to talk about that right now, but our pass defense was 30th. Our total defense was 64th. Our rush defense was 94th. I think that we will be 
I mean, I this isn't really a bold prediction because I think it's almost set in stone, but I think our pass defense will be top 20 and our total defense will get to top 50. Okay. Which isn't that, I mean, it's not that out of the question that our run defense can improve that much. It, it could still be shitty and still no, I mean, get us in the top 50 if we have a top 20 pass I mean, defense. I mean, if, if we finish 15th in pass defenses, which is about where I think we'll finish, we could be the 75th ranked rush defense and get there, which... Which is still an improvement. Which is still an improvement. I think we'll be better... Um, but but no I I don't think I think I don't think we'll there we'll be there yet um so but that that's kind of how I think the team I think I I think our secondary and our pass defense is going to be elite I think at the end of the year going off that I think you'll see two all conference at minimum selections maybe not first team out of the secondary I think that and, and again that feed and the reason why I brought this up so quickly is it feeds right into Derek's uh you know takeaway position okay. All right, so I'm up for bold prediction, and this is something I alluded to a couple weeks ago, and I'm sticking with it. Diedrich Mills gets 1,000 yards rushing this year. Uh, you know, we just talked about Ronald Tompkins. He's the number two guy. We, everyone thought it was going to be Ramir Johnson. I'm not sure that they we have a, a sh- sure set, set in stone number two guy. I think Diedrich Mills is going to be the guy that gets the ball, you know, 25 maybe sometimes 30 times a game. He is going to be our number one running back, and it's not going to be close. He's, he's going to get all the carries. He's just getting better and better. He's going to build off of what he did last year. And so averaging you know 115 uh, yards a game, I don't think it's going to be that – I don't think it's going to be that hard over uh, nine games. So thoughts? Tyler hates it. I don't. I mean, I wish it's true. I don't buy it. I mean, this is one of your best bets here, Justin. If you were betting on this, I'm taking the opposite. I, oh, I'm betting. I like. On it. I, I like Mills. Um, you know, could, could he get to 800, 900 yards? Maybe. Man, a thousand yards is tough. I mean, that that is a, that's tough. I'll, I'll say this: It seems absurd to me that you think he can get to nine hundred and not a thousand. <laughs> I, 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 I'm just saying, like, like it's a hundred yards between nine games. I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't bet it. Like, I'm not with Justin just to point to where I'd bet it, but I'm not with Tyler either. Where it's like, oh, this will never happen because. Well, okay, so it's a 14 I mean, point spread. I think I it's going to be 12 I, points. I mean, I, I mean, really think about it though. I mean, if I, if for him to be a thousand yard back, it puts him at a 1200 yard season on a typical year. That's not that out of the question. And and, and that's really my thing, Derek, because I don't think he's he was a twelve hundred yard back. I think he was on a twelve game season, he was well, he, he was breaking. He, he damn well better be better be if Justin's giving him twenty five carries a game. Yeah, fair enough. All right, Derek, your next bold prediction is All right. I'm gonna get hammered for this one probably if it doesn't happen, but I am going to say Nebraska beats Minnesota by two touchdowns or more. Wow. Now, hold on. There's some, there's some bet data to back this up. Uh, the, the average margin of this, of this series is 20 points. Like, these haven't been close games. And the home team has won six out of the nine times. So, they haven't been close games, and the home team's usually pretty well 
to win it. So I'm going to say Nebraska goes ahead and wins this game by two touchdowns or more. Tyler is nodding right now. He he likes it. I I mean, you know, I I I liked your first one better. I think that prediction I I would I would buy more stock in, but I liked it more than Justin's pick. So, um, yeah, that that's that, that's a good one, Derek. I would love to see it. I would completely love to see it. Uh, I think that is very bold. I'm not quite sure we're there yet, but uh, I do like it. I'm a big fan of it. Tanner, your bold prediction. So Luke McCaffrey will not start a game for the Huskers at quarterback this year, but will be third on the team in total offense. Okay. I, I think that you take out Adrian Martinez, who I think will be leader of total offense. I think Dedrick Mills will be second. I think Luke McCaffrey has a shot to be that kind of getting to the point of 700 to 800 yards. I think Wandell will be close with him. Um, I, I, I think that, but I think Luke McCaffrey um, would, would not shock me if he gets to that right behind Dedrick Mills in total offense. So I got to ask you, Tyler, in, in what capacity? I mean, wh- I, I think it'll be three. I think he, he'll throw the ball. I think he'll pass. I think he'll receive. I, I, I'm sorry, rush, pass, receive. If I had to guess which one, I think he'll have more, most, yards in i do think it'll be rushing i think that we are lacking um again i say this like i'm not confident with our running back so i think that our offensive line is good enough to get the holes there is no more explosive runner on this team in my opinion than luke mccaffrey i i think that frost has had an extra month to really think about how to use him i if you want to call it a wildcat i think you'll see packages him and martinez on the field at the same time um i think wando will have a good year don't get me wrong but i think that him just being more of a wide receiver this year um, because of that position will kind of limit his production just a tad and i think luke will do it in three phases of the game and i think he'll have if i if you ask me to put a stat line on it i think he'll have about 350 yards rushing 200 yards passing and about 300 yards uh, I'm sorry, 350 plus yards rushing, 300 yards passing, and over 200 yards receiving. All right, Derek. I, I can agree with that. I, they, Scott Frost is going to use this talent in any which way he can. Uh, I, I was actually thinking about using one that said that Luke McCaffrey would be the first quarterback to have over 500 yards passing and 300 yards receiving. I don't know about the rushing, but... But I do think they'll line him up at wide receiver. I do think they'll line him up at quarterback a lot. So, uh, Luke McCaffrey, you know, Scott Frost said that, you know, he's a quarterback first and foremost. That is what he is. He's not a wide receiver. He's not a running back. He's a quarterback. Uh, I think he's going to get some yards, but I don't think he's going to get that many receiving yards. Maybe there's some packages for him to be out there. But... I think he's going to play some meaningful snaps at quarterback in every single game this year. I don't think that he's going – they need to get him on the field. And if Scott Frost keeps saying that he's got two first-teamers out there, I think we're going to see a lot of Luke McCaffrey in meaningful uh, snaps at quarterback. Taking, so, I, mean, I, I will disagree with you in the fact that 
if Adrian Martinez is having a good game, he's not going to pull him out. Yeah, I agree with that. Here is a formation that I predict you will see. I, I predict you will see Luke McCaffrey and Adrian Martinez and possibly a running back line up in the backfield together. And I think Justin Justin laughed at me when I told him that the other day. I, he I, laughed at me. He's like, "There's no way they're going to do that." I, Tyler, I, I agree with you on wholeheartedly. I, I think you'll see it. I, I think it's it, a great formation. It, like, who, it, it, you who don't you even know who to? they're going to snap the ball to. Yellow, yeah, but they're going to run. And, and you can motion. And you can motion McCaffrey out of the backfield. You can motion Martinez out of the backfield. Um, it tr- it sets up some good trick plays. Again, maybe you won't see the three backs a lot, but I I could see a Martinez McCaffrey backfield five six snaps a game, and you you, uh, you motion one of them out, and you have some really interesting trick plays there, and or you motion Absolutely. you motion you I, I the, the, my image is you motion uh, Martinez out occasionally you let McCaffrey throw, but most of the time you're gonna let him run when the defense is like. What am I gonna am I gonna get a double pass here? What am I gonna get here? And I, I just think McCaffrey's a dynamic enough runner. He I think he's a better runner than Martinez. That's where I think his rushing yards. I don't think he's gonna be a running back. I, I don't think that. And I think Mills can block for him as a lead blocker. I I, I don't know. That I, I think that formation you will see this year. Okay. I agree. All right. Uh Derek, uh you got another uh, bold prediction? Well, Justin, you were you good next? Yeah, that Luke McCaffrey taking uh, meaningful snaps. That's that's something that I had written down. Uh, you okay. kind of stole it with uh, saying that he's just going to be playing all over the field as our you know number two backup quarterback. That he's just going to be playing willy nilly everywhere. I just think it's going to be a lot of meaningful snaps at quarterback. So, I mean, yeah. I, I Let me clarify. He plays a lot. I think the only way he plays a lot of meaningful snaps at quarterback is if Adrian Martinez is struggling. Me too. I I, I would be shocked. You don't, if he's, so if he's you don't throwing. think that there's going to be any package? Not not package. Yeah, packages that they're going to throw uh, Luke McCaffrey in for a series or two. I mean, no. Scott Frost went out of his way to say that he has two first teamers. Maybe I don't think that's series. lip service. I, I don't see it being. Two is that series. lip service though? I mean, yes. I don't. You think it completely is lip service? I don't think I it does be, anything for the fans. You know, anytime that Adrian Martinez struggles and they don't put Luke McCaffrey in, I think uh, the media and I think the fans are going to be wanting to know why they're not putting in Luke McCaffrey if they think that he's a true. But again, no, first you're, you're alluding to exactly what I said. Yeah, that situation could happen if, if Adrian Martinez is struggling. I, I will say, it, I would be shocked to see. Luke McCaffrey in. But if Adrian Martinez is moving the ball down the field, I don't see any scenario where they yank him out of there and go, oh, hey, put 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 Luke in. I would be shocked to see Luke McCaffrey in more than five snaps a game that Adrian Martinez is not on the field. Okay. So, again, I'm not saying he won't throw. I'm not saying you're not going to see him throw the ball. But, again, I, I think that – the formation I had in mind of Luke and Adrian in the backfield together. And Hey, you know what? Maybe, maybe he'll throw it. Maybe you'll get a motion and then you'll go for a deep ball, a double fake. I, I just don't think you're going to see Luke McCaffrey in the game. I, I, and that, and that's not a detriment on Luke. I think Luke is great. I think just Adrian at this point in his career is our quarterback. 
right. So if, if this scenario happens, do not blow up my text messages if we see this against Ohio State, okay? Just don't do it. Uh, well, I don't know if you'll see it against Ohio State, but may- maybe you will. Derek, next poll prediction. Oh, all right. Well, I'll go for the third one, sure. Uh, here, here, here's a good one for you. I think Nebraska starts the year two and two. I think they will beat e- either Wisconsin or Penn State. I'm not sure which one yet, but I think they'll beat one of those two teams. And they'll beat Northwestern. Okay, I like that. I like it too. Um, kind of staying on the train, um, and this will kind of feed in my, into the next one. I think Nebraska will end the nine-game season in the top 25. So you got a good season planned for Nebraska. Well, I, 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 what, well, what I do have is I think we're going to play a lot of ranked teams. I, I think we're, I, I think that out of the Big Ten West, I think that at the end of the year, or head, I think that uh, Wisconsin, Iowa, and Northwestern and Minnesota could all be. I think there could be five ranked teams out of the Big Ten West this year. Um probably four but i think there's a lot of i think we'll have at least a couple victories over ranked teams we'll finish strong and i think that will be enough to get us uh into the top 25 okay well i have one more bold prediction here uh it's going to be damian jackson i think by the end of the year he's going to be in the rotation for meaningful snaps at outside linebacker uh and this is what i'm basing it off of i know Tyler's cringing right now. They just made, they just gave the guy a scholarship. He's a Navy SEAL. He's got athleticism. And if you want to talk about he doesn't know the defense, the dude, he knows tactical. Uh, he, he's, ex- he's a goddamn Navy SEAL. He's a Navy SEAL. I mean, he knows <laughs> tactics and stuff. I mean, if he can storm a building with nine other dudes and take out bad guys and such, kill all of them. Such an intelligent I mean, and stuff. He can run defense. And he's just so – he's got the mental – he's got the mental and the physical capabilities to do it. I think he's going to take meaningful snaps by the end of the year. I love Damian Jackson more than anybody in the world. He was put on scholarship because he's going to be – a big time special teams player. Yes, oh, and Derek that, Trey, Yeah, I, I, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. He's going to get in the rotation. Um, yeah, I, I'm sorry, Justin. That that was if he, your if worst he's one. playing that outside was, linebacker. We're either up by 40 points or down by 40 points. No yeah. way. Meaningful snaps, man. That guy is going to be on the field by the end of the year. But okay, uh, that was fun. Uh, let's get into our final record prediction for the year. So this is going to be based off the eight-game schedule that we currently know. Uh, so final record to you, Derek. Uh, I have Nebraska going five and three. I, I think uh, ne- uh, Nebraska finds a way to beat Iowa. We beat Minnesota. I, I still think we start two and two, but there's going to be one game, and I'm not sure which game it is, but there's going to be one game or we lay up a turd and just forget how to play. So, go ahead, Tyler. Well, I, I'm going to go four and four. Um, Derek, I don't think you're crazy to think we'll start two and two. I think it's definitely possible. Um, Northwestern's going to be tough, even if we can beat a Wisconsin Penn State. I, I don't think Northwestern's a layup by any stretch. 
Um, but I'm going to go four. I don't either, but I think it's still a winnable game. Yeah, I think I, it's a game we, we need to win. We, we do. I, I, I think probably we start one and three, and we go three and one down the stretch. I do think we'll beat Minnesota. I think Minnesota will be ranked when we play them. Um, and I think that will uh, Northwestern will also probably be ranked when we play them too. And um, I think they'll start off two and zero, oh, and I think they'll beat Iowa and they'll get ranked. Derek, don't give me that look. And I so I think we'll have a couple victories over ranked teams. Um, but yeah, I think ultimately, um, I think we go four and four. I think we our losses are to Ohio State, um, Penn State, Wisconsin, and Iowa. Um, but, but I, I, again, Derek, I don't think you're crazy for five and three. I could definitely see either it, Wisconsin, Penn state, Iowa. I think all three of those are games we could win Penn state, the least of those three. Yeah. Five and three would be awesome. Uh, I'm going to temper it a little bit. I think four and four, four and four shows a good year for Nebraska. I really think so. If they go four and four. I'm, I'm really happy with that. Uh, getting past Ohio State, Penn State, uh, Wisconsin, and I'm going to throw in Minnesota. I think those are just tough games right there. Uh, I don't know if we can get past them, but, you know, if we do, even better. 2021 well, will I, be better. And I think that we'll draw Michigan State, Indiana, Michigan, one of those three teams in the game. Um, and I think that – you know, my last bold prediction is that we'll blow out whoever we play in that ninth game. I like it. All right, uh, let's bring on our guest here. So let's get him on. We now welcome in co-host of the Scarlet and Great Podcast, Corey Thompson. Welcome, Corey. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. So it's been a crazy off season here. Uh, a lot of drama in the Big Ten. You know, they release a schedule, cancel football. Coaches fight for a season. We get a season. And through all of this, Ohio State fans and Nebraska fans, they seem to have bonded over this fight to get football back. And uh, Scott Frost, he kind of alluded to, like, the bonding that he had with uh, Ryan Day this week. And uh, he called Ohio State an ally. So I got to ask you, what do you make of this new friendship with Husker Nation, and do you think it'll last? I hope it does. I love it. Uh, you guys say hey, I give you all the credit in the world, especially Coach Frost. He was the first one to come out and say something publicly. Uh, we saw how hard your uh, program, the state, all fought the attorney general. We saw how hard it was just inspiring to see from a uh, distance that Nebraska, to me, I know you guys are probably the, were the newest team in the Big Ten. You became just as Big Ten as anybody with that fight because it was kind of – frustrating to see other schools not speak out but nebraska was very vocal the fan base is very vocal everybody from top down was very vocal you have my respect i can't speak for everybody i think buckeye fans everyone i talk to they love y'all you got my respect for for good now uh because that that was amazing i love the fact ohio state joined you in that and backed you up in that i would have been very disappointed if ryan day and company didn't join you in that Uh, yeah well i think what made it so frustrating to begin with was here in Minnesota come out against the season and here in Northwestern come out against the season and, and, and that team up North, I'll say that since you guys don't like saying the name, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I know Harbaugh really kind of fought for the season a little bit too, but the athletic director didn't really seem to put out much of a fight. The president didn't, their governor came out and just was completely against the season. 
And it just made it so aggravating. At the, I, I, we were all mad at the Big Ten as a whole outside of Ohio State, who we, we have gained the same utmost respect for. And then the, uh, that team that we don't like to talk about, Iowa, over there, too. The idiots out walking around. They even fought for football. Uh, but really, outside of those three schools, it was kind of like quiet. And then there was a few that were even agreeing with it. And it, it, it didn't make it aggravating. Well, and, you know, I, I will say this about Ohio State. I had the chance to go to Columbus. Um, I think it was in 2013, maybe 2012, when you guys beat us like 62 to 38. You just housed us at the horseshoe. And I had one of the best tailgating experience I've ever had up there. Um, but I will say from this chair, as, as much as I've enjoyed this friendship with Ohio State, I have a little bit of bitterness because I feel like Nebraska got ragged on at first for saying, oh, we want football, we want football. And then Ryan Day came out there, and everyone's like, yeah, Ohio State's fighting for football. Like, <laughs> and, and it just and, – and I understand it. Like, Ohio State, you know, we're, we're pretty realist here talking, and none of us expect to have the season that Ohio State's going to have. You guys, I mean, in my opinion, are – you're competing for a national championship. Nebraska's trying to become a winning program again. I mean, there's a big difference in where we are. So I get why you would fight, but it was a little bit bitter. Like, I feel like Ohio State got a lot of credit for bringing football back. And I'm like, well, we started it. Come on. Well, let's face it. Honestly, it doesn't matter what Nebraska said. If Ohio State doesn't join, don't football back. Well, I'll tell you guys that I, I did feel bad a lot of times like Desmond Howard and company would rat rag on you guys. And yet you're right. Ohio state got praise. And yeah, I actually internally felt bad about that. Cause like you do got to include Nebraska, not just include them, put them at the forefront of the fight. Cause it, again, I don't even know maybe Ohio state fights. Maybe they don't. If Scott Frost isn't saying publicly, we'll fight any, well, I mean, we'll, sorry, we'll play anyone anywhere, anytime we're getting ready for a season. I, I, I'm a Central Florida Buckeye. I live right near UCF. I got to see what Scott Frost did with UCF firsthand. And I have all the respect in the world. He's a really great young coach. And I understand that uh, I've talked to several Nebraska fans that there's been issues with the program because of Mike Riley and whatnot. And he's going to take some time to, to rebuild that. But I'll tell you one thing. It's the starting point with a winning culture is what Scott Frost is doing saying, I don't care about this, uh, what's going on. We'll do it safely, but we're going to play anyone, anywhere, anytime. Uh, you got to respect that kind of fight in him and respect that kind of competitiveness in him. This just shows you he knows how to build a culture. So, I, And if anything, the Nebraska fan base, I already know you all got to love Scott, but that, that should reinforce your faith in him, I would think. Absolutely. Him and the athletic director, uh, Bill Moose. Uh, Bill Moose, I mean, God, he, He's turned out to be a great guy, just the way that he fights, not only for the players and his coaches. I mean, he's fighting for the fans here, you know. Uh, unlike in Ohio, Nebraska football is the only thing to do in Nebraska. I mean, I'm going to say that, but, you know, a lot of people don't like, well, there's nothing else to do in Nebraska. It's true. That's why Nebraska football is just so huge. I mean, there's not a lot to do. There's no other sports teams, no pro teams to gravitate to. Everybody gravitates towards that. So it's appreciated, I think. So yeah, Absolutely. And you guys sell out every game. It's impressive. There's nobody can take that away from you. Yeah. Until this year, right? Well, that's not your fault. <laughs> well, let's talk there about. Be, there will definitely be an asterisk next to that one. Absolutely. That shouldn't count towards your record at all. So. Yeah. 
Well, let's talk about Ohio State here. That's why you're here. Uh, unlike, well, just like all the other teams in the country, there's been a whole bunch of opt-ins or opt-outs and opt-ins. It's hard to keep track of them. Uh, Ohio State had the uh, big one, Sean Wade, the quarterback there. You know, he was, uh, him and his father, they were up in the forefront fighting this battle to bring uh, Big Ten football back. And he opts out, but now he's opting in. So I know you guys had a lot of other opt-outs. Can you give us a rundown on what the status is of opt-outs and opt-ins and where we are? We're at 100%, actually. We only had Wyatt Davis and Sean Wade. We were a little afraid of Justin Fields doing it, but uh, they had opted back in as soon as we got the season back and knew that we can compete for a title. I think if they didn't couldn't compete for a national title, they probably would have stayed out. But, uh, you know, once once we heard from the playoff committee they would consider a Big Ten team, we were like, okay, they're coming back. So we're actually at 100% uh, as far as opt-in and opt-outs go. Okay, excellent. Tyler. So, so let's get, run down a little bit. So let's go start with the offensive side of the ball, and let's talk about, in your opinion, what are the strengths of Ohio State coming back this year? I'll tell you, the offensive side of the ball has got the, the fan base the most excited because you see Justin Fields. This is the first time Ryan Day has had a second year with a quarterback, and it happens to be a guy with like Justin Fields' talent. So it's going to be interesting to see his progression. Uh, he had such a great year last year, you wonder if he can even build on that and be better, but who knows? Uh, as far as the strengths go, I think the offensive line is going to be the strength. I think that has to be the strength of any good offense anyway. They can't, you really can't do anything else if your offensive line can't, can't get the job done. But as good as it was last year, I think it has the potential to be better this year because there's three five-star guys starting on the line and two uh, really high-ranked four-star guys. Uh, Meyer as a center is a Remington watch guy. Davis is going to be a first-round draft pick. Nicholas petit Freer is replacing Brandon Bowen. He's a five-star, was the number one tackle in the country when he came to Ohio State. Uh, of course, then you got Harry Miller, another five-star guard, who's getting his first year as a starter as a uh, redshirt freshman or a sophomore. I can't remember if he played the amount of games last year or not. But he's replacing Jonah Jackson, who's now in the NFL. And they got Thayer Mumford back at left tackle. I think the offensive line is the strength. of the, Even though they got skill position players out the wazoo, that offensive line is going to be dominant, in my opinion. I, I tend to agree with you. You know, we were talking about different rankings in the Big Ten and, you know, Wisconsin, they, they've definitely been a, you know, kind of that standard. But I think you guys have overtaken them as probably the premier offensive line in the Big Ten, at least for this year. So that's got me worried. So give me give me something to be optimistic about. What what holes do you see in your offense? What are some weaknesses if there are any? That right tackle spot with the fair, he might be a five star, but he's, he's in his third year. He hasn't really shown much yet. He's got all the talent in the world, but I worry that he's a bit of an Isaiah Prince who had all the talent but had mental lapses frequently. I don't know. You might be able to take advantage of that. Uh, because, uh, and not to mention, it's just uh, it's been such a steady position for us that I just kind of wonder. He didn't quite win the position. You know, he, he's the starter, but they anticipate all of them playing, all the uh, the backups, Paris Johnson, Dewan Jones. So I'm kind of wondering that might be a weak spot in the offensive line. Plus, we have youth at the wide receiver spot they're talented but they're young chris Olave is the most experienced by far garrett wilson has experience in a big game but after that nobody has experience uh, except for jamison williams some williamson sometime not williams sorry i'm saying his name wrong but uh and then of course uh that's if there's going to be a weakness probably the talent is there but not the experience at wide receiver and maybe that right tackle spot okay. uh Derek. just just one question for you here uh, I, I do know you lost a lot at wide receiver, though. I mean, but 
My my concern really with the offense, and I don't know if you'd call it a weakness, because I think you have great talent there. But Master Teague hurt himself uh, with an Achilles uh, injury back in the spring. Uh, try, I know you guys went and picked up uh, Trey Sermon after that happened, but he spent some time out, quite a bit of time out last year with a knee injury. Is uh, injuries kind of a worry with your running backs? Because I don't know who you guys have behind those two. It is. Uh, I, I Sermon seems to have a full bill of health, and Teague somehow came back stronger than he was before. He's been faster. He came back in a fast rehab. It was kind of interesting. Maybe the layoff in the season actually helped him a little bit because they didn't expect him back till the second game anyway. And now it's been, you know, what, a month and a half since the season started. So uh, Teague is fully healthy. Sermon's fully healthy. Can they stay healthy? Maybe a, a good question. And honestly, neither one of them have ever solidified themselves as a number one back in their histories. So that could be a concern as well. I wonder how they'll divvy up the carries. Because last year it was J.K. Dobbins, and, and that was it. You know, yeah. uh, Teague got mop-up duty. Teague's never actually played as much in serious playing time. Sermon has, at least. He has that experience. If we didn't have Sermon, I'd be more concerned about it for sure. But they got a guy, a couple young guys behind him that have looked good. But again, in mop-up duty and Marcus Crowley and Steel Chambers, who are really uh, – Chambers are not – I mean, uh, Crowley's not physically ready because he's coming off two injuries. But Chambers is what great, and he's physically fit, and he's, he's really in great shape. So we'll see a, that third running back role. But it won't be – I don't anticipate it'll be as strong as with Dobbins, but I don't know if it'll be – uh, a weakness per se, but that being said, they do. You're right. It's a good point you bring up because they do depend on that power run game. So those two have to stay healthy. So, so let's flip to the defensive side of the ball here, and you know, w- give us an overview. What what are the strengths on the defensive side? Linebacker is the, the strength on the defensive side because they have a hundred of them that can play. Uh, <laughs> it's just it's crazy. Two years ago, when when Bill Davis was linebacker coach, we had nobody. Now we've rebuilt that room in the last two years. It's been amazing. But uh, I, I, the defense is a big question mark for Ohio State. New defensive coordinator, Kerry Combs, uh, Jed replacing Jeff Halfley, who was excellent last year. And Combs is a great coach, but he's never called plays before. And I'm not sure how it'll go. Greg Madison is there to help him along that way in that role. But you just don't – you never know until you see him on the field and doing it. Um, defensive line, no Chase Young. Obviously, you lose a monster in Chase, but they anticipate Zach Harrison to be that next guy, but you just don't know. Again, it's a question mark. He looks good, but he's never been Chase Young on the field yet. Will it come to you know come to pass? Tyreek Smith, another guy in defensive line, we we anticipate we get pass uh, pass rusher, but he's been injured a lot. It's, that's the whole defensive line. It's youth and injury, <laughs> so they don't have a lot of experience there. I actually think I mean I saw the questions you gave me, and I actually think. Nebraska can have success on the running in the run game because after the defensive tackle spot, we have Tommy Togiai and uh, Antoine Jackson, both experienced and they can play. But after that, because of the injuries to Haskell Garrett, to Ron Vincent, there's a drop off the cliff, you know, and really? the, the, ro- the rotation's not there. there. So I'm, I'm thinking the interior run game, you can actually have some success. I, I just, just a little question for you. I'd, I'd like to talk a little bit about Haskell Garrett and Tyrone Vincent. Haskell Garrett was shot in the face on August 30th. Is that correct? Yeah, he was breaking up a bar fight, apparently. That's the, sto- that's the story. Um, I, I don't have any reason not to believe it, but it was at midnight. Nothing ever good ever happens at midnight, as you know, especially in a college town. And uh, got shot in the face, and it went clean through his cheeks and took out some teeth and everything like that. And uh, he didn't get, like, you know, brain damage, things like that, or something dramatically worse. But he had to have, you know, reconstructive surgery, and he's – they're easing him back, obviously, as you would. And Teron Vincent just got a, a shoulder injury that won't won't heal. 
I can't I, believe I, I that. Hope, I hope the best for both of those guys. But that's just a crazy story. I mean, I, 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 it's, it's amazing to me that a guy that is taking over a spot at Ohio State that's always been so predominant in the defensive line, that that story didn't make bigger national news that he got shot in the face. I mean, I, I hadn't heard it until I read it. I hadn't tonight. heard it either. I was, I was, I was just amazed. I, I don't want to say amazed because it makes it sound like it's a good thing. It's not a good thing, and I hope to I hope to God that he heals quickly. But that, that's a it's a crazy story. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and it it's just one of those things. It shocked all of us, and we were all when we first I mean, imagine he getting the headline and not knowing the story. You're like, wait, what? How did that happen? You know, it's like, right. good lord. But he's put out a letter saying he's recovering and uh, things like that. So it is the interesting thing is it didn't happen, obviously, on the field. So the school's not paying for it. So he's fine and trying to find ways to pay for the surgery on that oh, one. Oh, jeez. Oh, that's too bad. Is he and expected? I, I suppose if uh, any boosters try to help him out, well, you guys will be in trouble with it. So. Yeah, oh, jeez. Yeah, that's all we need. <laughs> so is he expected to come back at all this year at all? I'm not sure. Ryan Day sounds positive about it, but it, I know they, they said they're easing him into it. That's all I know about it. Is my, but uh, I can imagine it's like, yeah, here, put on a helmet and go head to head right now. You know, I mean, it's like, what do you do with it? It's like, I don't <laughs> think the strap hurts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how do the team doctors handle it? Like, well, this is a first. I don't know how to handle this one. You know, so uh, I don't know. I Teron Vincent, I think, will be back by the second half of the season to add some depth. But after that, it's Jerron Cage and Jaden McKenzie. And these guys have barely played or they just haven't made an impact. And then Larry Johnson likes to rotate. I don't know how you rotate with this situation. Right. Derek, if you want to go ahead. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, all right. So let's move on here. And so I, I know you've talked glowingly about Scott Frost and the Nebraska fans. And I, I know you can't really speak for everybody else, but what's the what's your perception of Nebraska as far as a team goes? Like, does everyone just really think that you're we're just a walkover team at this point? I think a lot of Ohio State fans, unfortunately, and I've said this on my own podcast, get a little cocky. Uh, I. And I hate that, but I mean, I'm 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 always going into a game cautious. Like last year with Nebraska, I I said, look, it, I, th- I think I can see different scenarios where it's closer and what people think. It didn't end up that way, but at the same time, I look at this game and I, as far as our perception of them is, I don't think the perception is. I think people have respect for them for the fight they put forward, but b- before that, I wonder. I don't know if Ohio State had a high opinion about Nebraska or not, and. I, a lot of people also are young. They don't know the history of Nebraska. I mean, it, it's funny because we talk about tradition-rich programs in the Big Ten. Nebraska's up there with everybody, you know. So uh, I I see you guys, I'm speaking for myself here, with the right coach finally. And I, it'll take time. But, gosh, your recruiting's improving. Uh, you're, you're getting guys like kind of like in the past to stay long periods of time and to build. I mean, I look at Adrian Martinez and he's a third year quarterback with a third year with the third year coach in that system for three years. I think you can do some damage with them. Um, and I'm hoping you guys can do as far as perception goes. You guys have the potential to be a, a national program. You, you've been there. You know how to do it. You got a guy in Scott Frost who's been there when they were a national program and they can he knows how to do it and he's done it. With UCF, he made them relevant for crying out loud. And yeah. I, I don't know why you can't do it in Nebraska if you can do it in UCF. So my perception is you're you're rebuilding. Let's put it that way. So so two years ago we went to Columbus. Last time we went there and we pushed you guys to the wire. 
I think the final score of that game was 36 to 31. Um, Hmm. It was a very competitive game last year. You guys came in the Lincoln, um, you know, that was the first, it was college game day. It was a huge game, um, you know, and you guys just steamrolled us and, you know, took us all over the field. So I guess going into this game a little bit, I mean, do you think that there is a chance? I know we're all hoping that it would be like the first year under Scott Frost, but do you think there's more of that year or, or, you know, are you guys thinking, yeah, you know what? It's the first game. Things happen, but you know, th- this isn't th- this isn't a game we're really worried about. I think on a general fan consensus, they feel like it's not a game, but they're worried about me personally. It's first game. It's a weird year. We have a new defensive coordinator, a lot of new faces on defense. You guys got a lot. I said, look at your roster. You got an experienced O line, from what I can tell. Uh, experienced quarterback play. Dedrick Mills is a solid player. I like Dedrick Mills a lot. Uh, you, I mean, you got Wandale Robinson, who's really good. I'm thinking there's guys you got can do some damage, and you got a really good offensive-minded coach. I'm curious about that matchup between our defense without the premier pass rusher. We have one proven corner in the entire system. I think Banks and Brown will be good, but we got Wade, and then everybody else is gone. Uh, and the linebacking crew is good, but them defensive line, we don't have any proven pass rushers, consistent pass rushers. I'm thinking – with an against a with a, against an offensive line with experience, with that speed on the edge you guys have, and the power up the middle with Mills, and an experienced quarterback with an offensive minded coach, I I expect some big plays out of Nebraska on Saturday. I'm actually my score prediction. I know I'll give it a little bit later. I think it's going to be closer than what Buckeye fans like. Uh oh, that's good for it. us. I love it. So uh, I, I'm going to just say you pretty much answered the question of what Nebraska can do against Ohio State. Because uh, I think you just pretty much just answered that question right there. But uh, so let's just go into where does Nebraska or where does Ohio State expose Nebraska? Where where does where is the matchup that just Nebraska can't hang? I, I think our offense can score in bucket loads on anybody. I really believe that. I mean, even the best defenses in the in the country, uh, which right now nobody has a great defense except for maybe Clemson. Yeah. <laughs> so right. uh, and even there skeptical at times i mean yeah yeah i mean the, you can't go by georgia tech obviously but uh that's where i think you know because we have again i have an offensive line that i think is mostly going to be really dominant uh, skill position players all over the place uh you know justin fields from what i understand is leaner faster better than he was last year his knee is healed up because his knee was bad for most of the year last year and he's got a second year in ryan day's system with Kevin Wilson, no all continuity among the coaching staff outside of Corey Dennis replacing Yersich, which Corey Dennis has been at Ohio State program with Justin Fields anyway. He just got a promotion is all. So I, I, I honest to God, uh, I expect Ohio State to be able to move the ball. I really I'm, – I'm just putting that as nicely as I can, but I expect to move the ball. And, and to be honest with you, I don't think any of us will disagree with that. We're, we're, and, and, and I'm with you on this. I mean, I'm going to bring up the whole Kerry Combs – uh, new defensive coordinator situation. Mm-hmm. You're replacing, I believe, eight starters from last year on defense. And you talked about Nebraska being able to move the ball on Ohio State. I, I think Nebraska's going to be able to score some points on Ohio State's defense this year as well. And mm-hmm. I, but it, it's gonna, it could turn into a shootout. And if it comes down to that, the depth is going to be a problem, I think. Well, here's something for Buckeye fans to watch out for. And I, I think, again, when you hear our score predictions, at least my score prediction, I mean – They'll probably be like, oh, yeah, we're going to score some points. But our secondary, our secondary is an underrated strength of this team. Um, you, you, we had DiCaprio Boodle and Cam Taylor-Britt, both of those guys at corner. 
could have potential to be all conference type players. Um, we, we have a, uh, returning starter who's been a starter for three years now, Markel Dismuke and, uh, Deontay Williams, who should have been the starter last year until he got injured. We're, we are, that is a solid position group for us. Again, you talked about the experience at wide receiver. The, the, the difference is, and as you know, is Justin Fields. I mean, he is going, there's going to be so many eyes on him. And with the athleticism, Ohio State, I do expect you to make plays. But if this becomes a shootout, if this becomes a game that Nebraska, hey, fourth quarter, we're still in this thing, and you guys need to put some drives up and are in passing situations, watch out, because that, that is something I think we do have an advantage over is our secondary. I don't think it's going to probably play that way, Husker fans. I, I think, unfortunately, I think we're going <laughs> to put I think we're going to play with Ohio State for about a quarter and a half, and then that that your running game and your offensive line is just going to just make us bleed. I think we're going to come out fired out, though. We're going to. I think you've talked about with Scott Frost. We've talked about with Scott Frost. This team, they they want to play, and they're going to come out, and you're going to see the best in Nebraska to start that game. Yeah, and it's going to be an advantage for you guys, even on the road, not having a crowd there. I mean, that's going to be an advantage for every road team going forward. So it's it's a it's a quirky year. So predicting games is going to be a little tougher than normal because um, there's not going to be that fired up crowd if Ohio State does anything. So uh, I yeah I know about I looked at your defense a little bit. You had a lot of experience on defense from what I could see. Uh, now again, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm just looking over your roster trying to because I'm trying to do my own preview later this week. So I'm trying to figure some things out about Nebraska, but. Um, yeah, I, I, that, if we were one-dimensional, I think, yeah, that'd be a huge problem. But I, I, I know that we – Kevin Wilson, the offense coordinator for Ohio State, is a genius when it comes to yeah. develop, building a run game. And last year, I never in my right mind – I never thought J.K. would have a 2,000-yard year. Uh, never in my I was in my I was like, nah, he's a good player, not a great player. He becomes a Buckeye legend, you know, in one year. And it was incredible because we were doing it on every defense. It was a top five rush defense coming into the game. Even Clemson, he ran for 161 yards on five carries before he got hurt and twisted his ankle. So it's like he just for whatever reason, Kevin Wilson had to find a sign of run game. So I have confidence uh, that going into the second half or whatever, we can just pound the ball. Uh, against almost anybody because I just haven't I haven't seen anybody really stop it yet Penn State came the closest to kind of stifling it but uh, I have I haven't I haven't seen it yet because I I have that much faith in Kevin Wilson and in the offensive line and plus the two-headed monster with Sermon and Teague and Teague Teague's going to be interesting if you get him going north and south he's just he's just a bulldog he's so hard to take down because he's so built Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can get him going north and south because last year when they tried to go him sideline to sideline it was a it was a train wreck (laughs) but uh that that's what sermon's more for the jump cutter the quicker guy but it'll it'll be interesting i just think the 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 run game's going to take over in the second half all right Corey. so uh vegas has this game ohio state's favorite at 26 and a half points right now uh my bookie had it as high as 27 and a half earlier today down to 26 and a half the over-unders at 67 and a half how do you see this game really playing out before you give your score prediction I think it's going to be I kind of like what you guys said. I think it's going to be pretty close for a quarter and a half, two quarter, maybe even to the second half, uh, because, again, it's first game and nobody got any warm up games, you know, and you don't know quite to expect from each each team. I know Scott Frost going to pull out all the stops because this is a huge game. Uh, so I expect it to be it, I expect Buckeye fans to be a little surprised going into the uh, second, maybe even third quarter uh, about how close the score is. Wow. OK. All right. Well, uh Take it away. Uh, what is your score prediction for the Nebraska-Ohio State game? 
I, I could see uh, being closer than what the score indicated. I could see a 49 to 34, 49 31 type game uh, at the end of the at the end of the game. I don't know how many field goals y'all are going to try because I think if you guys get close in the red zone, you're going to go for touchdowns. But because uh, I mean, on a road game with no crowd, you, I think you just got to go for it. But uh, yeah, I see I see Nebraska making some drives even just look easy. And then Buckeye fans start to kind of like wonder like what, what I mean, Buckeye fans who are listening probably hate me right now, but uh, <laughs> it's just, I'm just being honest. How, how I feel is I think some drives will even look easy. It might even like Nebraska gets the ball, goes down, goes seven, nothing. Everybody's like, what, what happened there? You know? Wow. So, uh, cause I, I, again, I don't, I don't know what Combs is, is as a play caller. I don't know what the defense is going to look like with so many new faces. And I, and I know Nebraska has a ton of experience. The only thing is I think you guys, lost like 1500 yards of offensive production from players uh from this past year like jd yeah. spielman was always amazing uh, washington i guess had off of the field issues uh I, correct me if i'm wrong i'm just going off headlines here. you're right you're right yeah yeah and uh but again you still got talent and i is it tell me guys is that uh Cade wide receiver is he really good or i know he's a walk on this now yeah is he i've never seen him i don't remember seeing so, him play very so, often so he's the son of kurt warner uh um, okay. he, he was voted team captain walk on um, you know, Cade Warner is, you know, I, I have a lot of takes on him. He, he's kind of like a folk legend at Nebraska, mm-hmm. but the guy has under 200 career receiving yards. I mean, he, he is, he, he has shown the right things on the field. He looks like a good blocker. Um, you know, they, they've talked about him in the locker room being the whiteboard guy. He, he's a leader. Um, I think he's going to have a good year if he is our best or second best wide receiver this year, Nebraska's weapons are not what we want them to be. I think that would be my synopsis. And, and Corey, here's, here's something about Cade Warner. There's a guy that you may remember, Tyjon Lindsay, right? Yep. 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 Transferred to Nebraska, the left Nebraska for uh, Oregon state. Cade Warner actually replaced Tyjon Lindsay. It's probably for the best. Uh, I, I know he was a high five-star guy, but at the same time, and I was quiet about it because I, you know, I try to support our guys when they commit to us, but when he was 160 pounds coming to Ohio State, I'm like, is he even going to see the field? This how can, <laughs> Is he going to get big enough to see the field? And I mean, you don't have to be 200 pounds. I get it, but he, I was like, man, you, big time boy, big boy football is going to break you in half. <laughs> yeah. When it comes to Kay Warner, his perimeter blocking is what he's known for the best. Gotcha. That's that, why he was able to get on the field. Tyjon Lindsay, he wasn't able to block like what uh, was asked of him to do in that offense. And Cade Warner, he's he's just a stud. And, and, and Cade Warner have, may have oh, he may have the best facial hair in the Big Ten. Have you yeah, seen I saw it? the mustache. I saw yeah. the mustache. Oh my god, it's it's legendary right now. So. Yeah. Well, that, and that thing is that, hey, we Ohio State always has that. They have that Austin Mack, Evan Spencer, the guys who can just block on the edge and, and help our run game go. And they get, maybe you give them a screen pass every now and again. Now, Mack, to his credit, also had glue on his hands. But uh, that's that's huge for your run game. And for and to get the speed on the edge to get some open spacing is when a guy can take care of his uh, blocker. And by, Ohio State corners are known for shedding blocks and getting into that run game. So, obviously, a guy like K, it's extremely key if he's actually really good at blocking on the edge. Well, and, and, and we talked about this at length. We talked about this in our uh, preview of the season. But, like, Nebraska, one of the things that you, you will see as the season goes on, you may not see it Saturday, but is the new wide receivers. We had a hell of a wide receiver recruiting class, including bringing in the number one JUCO wide receiver um, in the country. 
um, who's been banged up. So I don't know what we're going to see of him on Saturday. It's kind of a mystery. Omar Manny. I doubt if you see him. Doubt if you see him. Yeah, it, it doesn't sound good. But uh, Marcus Fleming and Xavier Betts were also two very high stars. Alante Brown, who we've talked about at length on the podcast, is another name as you watch Nebraska keep tabs on us this season. He was a number high school prep, uh, number one high school prep player in the country. So, I mean, th- th- we have a lot of youth. It just, you know, this is a Ohio State fan. You've alluded to this. When you're playing new guys for the first time, especially against a team like Ohio State, I, I don't know. Man, it sucks for us. It sucks for us to have to draw you week one because, uh, I mean, you're, you're, you're the class of the Big Ten and you're the class of the country in a lot of ways. So it, it's going to be a tough matchup, I, I, but I will be anxious to see if any of these young guys can ex, uh, explo- uh, exploit you in any way. So. Well, the good thing about the first game of being Ohio State is, you know, you're getting your toughest test of the Big Ten season, and that's just going to make you guy, young guys better, you know, when they get out there. And they, get, they they experience big boy football right away, you know, and then it's like, okay, great. You're not playing like, I don't know, some SCS school or something like that. Where So they get out there and get against the, the as you, I mean, the uh, yeah, I mean, the three Big Ten titles in a row that right now, they're I, not trying to be cocky, but yeah, the, the, the class of the Big Ten for now, but it always, it always changes, but uh, just to get on that field with that's how we all, I mean, that's how you get better, right? Is when you play against the, those programs. I mean, that's what I love about Scott Frost. Actually, he talks like that. That's how you get better. You got to play these teams and play them tough. And that that's absolute true. That's why every Buckeye fan thinks I'm crazy when I say I want to keep playing Clemson until we beat them finally. So yeah. come on, you know, yeah. it's like I'm so tired of this because like, I have so many Buckeye fans last year when we drew Clemson, they were worried about it. I'm like, no, go play them, go beat them. Don't be like that. And Scott Frost has that mentality, and I respect that. And to be honest with you, I'm going to be the opposite of Tyler here and say, I think it's good that we're getting Ohio State right off the bat. Just because I think Ohio State has more of a chance to make a mistake or two in a game in week one rather Mm -hmm. than playing a couple of lower-tier teams, group of five teams, and be all knock the cobwebs off. I agree with that. I said that on the last show. It's like, you know, when you get those warm-up games – even if you're making a lot of mistakes, those teams generally aren't good enough to exploit those mistakes. So, but you can get it on film. So then Ryan Day and company say, okay, we got to improve on this now because we got Nebraska coming up, we got Penn State coming up. You know, <laughs> we got to improve on these weaknesses. So right now we don't have that film. We go against a team who's raring to play and raring to prove something, and honestly, uh, got the talent to do some damage. And you know, you 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 if you, the, you Nebraska has the ability to exploit those mistakes, maybe we don't see right away. You know, so. All right, so to recap here, Corey, you had the score prediction as Ohio State 49, Nebraska 31, right? 34-34 range, yeah, somewhere around Okay. There. Tyler, what is your score prediction for this game? Yeah, I, I'm not far away. Um, I, I got it 42-24. Uh, to 24. Um, I, I think that our defense is going to be a little bit better. I think this is probably a game about midway through the second quarter. It's going to be 17-all. Um and then Ohio State is just going to start pulling away and kind of force us out of our game plan a little bit. And we'll see an offensive production kind of dip a little bit. Um, and I think that, but I do think we cover the spread. I think it will be closer than Vegas thinks. But yeah, I, I, I don't um, I don't know if we'll put 30 up against that defense of Ohio State. I'm a little bit scared of that defense as you guys might probably have the best defense, in my opinion, in the Big Ten. So, right. Derek? Uh, I. I, I'm going to go one one further. I, I think this is a game heading into the fourth quarter. Uh, I, I think the fourth quarter is where Ohio State starts to pull away. I, I think, and I think depth becomes an issue at that point. Uh, I, I think late 
Ohio State pulls four, pulls ahead. I think they win 41-28. Okay. You guys are a lot closer than me. I, I have the game at 52-24. The only reason I don't think it's going to be a little bit wider than that is because I'm hoping that the little bond that Scott Frost and Ryan Day had in the offseason, that Ryan Day doesn't try to run up the score against Nebraska. 52-24, it sounds like a lot of points, but, I mean, it's been a lot worse playing Ohio State. So I think that's respectable. I mean, I, I think it's going to be really hard for Nebraska's offense to consistently score points. And uh, they've struggled on drives before. And opening game going on the road to a place like Ohio State. I mean, it's those are that's a tough matchup across the board there. And it, I just think it's going to be getting 24 points is going to be tough, I think. Well, and, and I will say, even though the, the crowd is empty, the horseshoe is intimidating. I think you walk into that stadium, you're going to feel it. It, it. And it's not going to be the same. It's not going to be as loud. But, I mean, there, I mean, Memorial Stadium is similar. I mean, there, there is an aura when you walk into it. And, you know, we're going to be playing some. We have a lot of experience. Um, it, it's, it's amazing. Correct me if I'm wrong, but who had the closest score? Was it the Ohio State guy or Nebraska guy, Derek? I mean, it seems like Justin and I think it's going to be a little bit more of a blowout than uh, you think, Corey. But uh, I, I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I love it. I think, but I do think Nebraska is going to be a lot more competitive than they were last year. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys this year, especially with the new bond between Ohio State and Nebraska. I'm rooting for you every like Scott did, ever said every game's that, but this one, you know, I hope you guys go seven and one. I hope we meet up again in the Big Ten title game. Uh, I want y'all to beat Nebraska. To, I, I'm really mad at Nebraska for really handling everything, so I want y'all to beat them. Of course, beat Iowa. Go, go, go! Kick some tail after this week, man. I'm telling you, because uh, I'm rooting for you every week. My, my buddy, my partner. Uh, partner in crime there on my podcast johnny bought a bunch of nebraska gear so it's like every yeah he did he actually posted a video with him in the hat and a shirt and he's just saying thank you guys for fighting uh well, hey without you guys sincerely we don't have a football season i mean that sincerely and i i don't know what any of us would do without college football man <laughs> well this is one of those years where i think it's a really it's a big disservice that fans can't be at the stadium because uh, I think a lot of Nebraska fans would have headed out to Columbus for this Absolutely. game. Absolutely. And I, I think agree. it would have been a one big party. And uh, I, I, God, you know, I mean, we're coming up to the end of these annual uh, matchups, you know. Mm. I kind of wish they would stay to some extent, you know. I don't like killed. I am so glad that you guys will get off our schedule. I, I, But I want one. I want to get one against you guys. I hope Saturday's the day. Um and, and again, may, maybe Nebraska will shock me. Maybe, maybe you know, maybe you showed me a little the, the not the confidence on the defensive side. Then maybe maybe it makes me feel a little bit better that uh, we can move the ball a little bit better than I anticipated. I think you guys will. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised with your offense. I mean, what I, I'm actually going to ask you guys a question. What do you think about him naming Adrian the starter, even though it was a, I guess the scuttlebutt was Luke McCaffrey was really challenging him. It, it was no surprise to me whatsoever. I, I really honestly don't know how much of a competition it actually was. That's as fair. Much yeah. as, what it was, as much as what it was being brought up to be. And and, and last year, you, so you go to Adrian Martinez's career arc. His, his freshman year, he had a really big competition with Tristan Jebbia. Had, had a really good freshman campaign. Last year, um, while I think he took too much to the blame of the team, objectively was not as productive as his first year. And that's when he was kind of riding the preseason Heisman talks a little bit. And I think Scott Frost and coaches were 
to Derek's point, I don't know if it was ever actually a competition, but I think that they they were going to let Adrian Martinez know through the press and in that locker room, if, if he's not competing every day, he's not going to be our quarterback. And he, he's come in leaner. He looks stronger. You mentioned third year in a system under Scott Frost. Um, you know, I, I've said that they call it a sophomore slump for a reason. I do expect big things for him. I think outside of Justin Fields and Tanner Morgan, Adrian Martinez is the best quarterback in the Big Ten. Um, and, and it just he doesn't happen to have Rashad Bateman or the weapons Ohio State has around him. So, um, yeah, I, I think he, he's good. Um, but I, I think that. Frost had to say he was the starter. It's hard to say the guy's the captain and not a starter. Yeah. Um, it, it, so I think when the, they, the team voted on captains, it was just it was evident. And from what we've heard, I think Martinez has always been the guy. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I was well, just, I oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, I don't think this is a game that you want to roll out Luke McCaffrey in his first start either. I mean, this that's is, a fair point. Know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go with the experience, especially he's played Ohio State twice, so he has he has an idea of what to expect. I, I will I will say this: it does give me a lot more confidence in the fact that I know if Adrian Martinez is struggling, it makes me feel that the staff has plenty of confidence in the backup quarterback too. Yeah, if you don't have two quarterbacks, you don't have any. That's what the common phrase is, right? So right. Ohio State's dealing with that. We don't know who our backup is. So if, if God forbid Fields goes down, please don't let that happen. If God forbid if Fields went down. We have two talented freshmen that have never played a down, and we got a guy in Gunnar Hoke who's, you know, he's he's there. <laughs> you know, he's not really, I, he's he's not a guy who was re- recruited by Ohio State. Let's put it that way. He, we just needed to fill that QB room when Tate and uh, Matt Baldwin left, and uh, he's he's there to be a backup and be a clipboard holder. And the freshmen clearly, I doubt, are ready yet. So. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, cool. Hey, Corey. Thanks for uh, meeting with us. I mean, this was a lot of fun. Uh, why don't you throw out your Twitter handle and podcast info? I appreciate it, guys. It has been a lot of fun. Uh, at Scarlet Great CT on Twitter, I follow back for what it's worth. If I haven't followed you back and you've already followed me, I'm trying to get to you. I apologize. Uh, and uh, Unscripted Ohio uh, Network for now, any of the streaming services you enjoy with Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever. Uh, you just look for Scarlet and Great under the Unscripted Ohio Network. But that will be changing soon. So if you do come and find us on under, under, under Unscripted Ohio we will let you know what, when, when and how that's changing. Okay. Well, excellent. So thank you again for uh, joining us. It's been so much fun. And uh, let's make this an annual thing if uh, we met, meet up again. <laughs> I, I'm actually going to – it's on my bucket list to go to Lincoln at some point because I heard nothing but good things about your fan base. So it, well, It's a great place to be. Tyler is actually moving back to Lincoln next week. He's yep. in Denver right now. Oh well, there you go. You gotta be. You gotta be where your team is, man. Oh, I know. I, I, I'm, I'm changing the tide. Me coming back to Lincoln is the turning point for the Husker program. So, there mark that down. We can. Hey, everybody can credit you now. You can get lifted on people's shoulders, carried out of the stadium. You know. Well, if if, if you do make it to Lincoln, make sure to look us up. Um, we'll, we'll get you out to a tailgate and have some good times. So. Oh, for sure, for sure. Thanks, guys. All right. Take it easy. Thank you, t- Corey. All right, guys. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Corey Thompson, man, he got he had some a lot of great knowledge there. So uh, uh, let's get on to our games of the week. Uh, let me give a quick uh, recap. Last week I went two and three. Tyler, you went three and two. Derek, you went one and four. Not a great week for you. So uh, my record is now fifteen and twelve on the year. Tyler is actually killing it this year. Surprisingly, he never does. 
Uh, he's 18 and 9 on the year. Good for you, dude. And Derek, you're just like swimming. You're you're treading water here at 14 and 13. Uh, I think we got a tough slate here. We got five games on the docket. Uh, number 23, North Carolina State at North Carolina. North Carolina 17 point favorites. Derek. All right. I, I you know what? I don't I don't think North Carolina can lose two in a row. I do think they got very much exposed last week by Florida State, and I think everybody realizes they're not a top. 15 team, but they'll find a way to beat NC State, I think. All right, Tyler. Last year, North Carolina won 41 to 10. I know they lost to FSU last week. A lot of people are concerned about that, but they damn near won that game, being down 28 points at one point. Um, yeah, I, I like North Carolina in this game. I have North Carolina as well. Number 17, Iowa State at number six, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's three and a half point favorites, Derek. All right, they have a similar offense. They both have good offenses. Where these teams differ is defense. Ohio, uh, I'm sorry, Oklahoma State is second in scoring defense, 10th in rush defense, 13th in pass defense, and 6th in overall defense. So defense always wins. Go, go Oklahoma State. Tyler. Well, you literally took my lines there, Derek. A lot of my stats I had, um, I'll throw out that they're number one in the country in third down defense. Um, Yeah, Oklahoma State's defense is legit. I think their offense is good enough. They're probably the best team in the Big 12. They win this game. Iowa State, man, they're coming on strong after dropping a turd in the first game. They, uh, They keep winning, so I don't see them dropping off here. Give me Iowa State. Number 18, Michigan, three-and-a-half-point favorites at number 21, Minnesota. Derek. Michigan. Michigan. All right. Tyler. I have been very critical of Minnesota this offseason. I think they're very overrated. The only team I think that's more overrated than Minnesota is Michigan. Uh, give you know, Tanner Morgan's best quarterback in the field. Michigan's West best wide receiver is not playing. I, I got Minnesota in this game. Yeah, I have Minnesota also. I'm really looking forward to this game uh, with Tanner Morgan. Uh, I I, I just really want to see how good Minnesota really is. I know you guys. I hope Jim Jim Harbaugh buries them gophers. I know you do, but I I just really want to see. I know you guys aren't high on Minnesota, but I really want to see what they're made of. I think they're going to be good offensively. I think they'll win that game, though. I I do think they'll win that game. I think Michigan is. This is a bad year for Jim Harbaugh, guys. I, I missed the over-under segment on them. I think they could be 4-4. Four and four. Go on. Wow. Get off of me. Yeah. Uh, number 9, Cincinnati at number 16, SMU. SMU's two-and-a-half-point favorites, Derek. All right. Shane Bouchel has thrown 12 touchdowns and two interceptions. Desmond Ritter is six touchdowns and four interceptions. So you would think that maybe Cincinnati runs the ball well, but their leading rusher has 42 carries with 145 yards. And Ulysses Bentley from SMU has 506 yards already on 74 carries. He's averaging almost seven yards a carry. SMU has what I think for that conference is an unstoppable offense. And I... Cincinnati has a good defense, but I don't think they're going to be enough to slow down SMU. I think SMU wins. Tyler. Toughest game in the week for me to predict, guys. I think this was a game, 
you know, you had the great offense in SMU, Derek alluded to it, they're number four in the country. Cincinnati's defense is really good, um, but ultimately I think SMU's offense is better than Cincinnati's defense is good. So I think SMU wins this game. I've been watching a lot of SMU football this year, uh, being here in Texas, but uh, I like SMU, but in this game, I, I'm going with Cincinnati's defense. I think Cincinnati can get it done. I think uh, they will hold that uh, powerful offensive uh, attack. I think they'll taper it down. So I'm taking Cincinnati. Uh, last game, Iowa at Purdue. Uh, Purdue is three-point favorites, actually. That surprises me. Derek? They apparently forgot that Bob Diaco was hired as a defensive coordinator. Yeah, uh, Purdue may not win a game this year with that defensive coordinator, so... I'm going Iowa. Tyler. You know, last year, Iowa had no run game. And this year, they're returning a really good offensive line, I think. They returned their top two rushers. And fortunately for them this week, they go against Bob Diaco. Um, Jeff Brom will probably not be coaching. Uh, Brian Brom uh, is taking over play calling. I didn't even know he was coaching there. I'd never heard of him. I actually thought it was a typo. Maybe it is. But this is, I, I, I mean, it's going to be bad for Purdue. I think this is probably the runaway game of the games we picked. So Kirk Ferentz and Jeff Braun both have kids named Brian? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying that they're both douches, yes. Wow. Uh, That's, uh, <laughs> that is a hell of a trivia <laughs> right there. Uh, I got a trend going on here. Uh, the last four games, that I've, or the last three games I've taken have been the underdogs. And I'm going it this way also. I, you know, with Jeff Braun not on the sideline and Bob Diaco there, uh, it's going to be a, too much of a strain for him, and I think I was going to get the uh, win here. I'm shocked that Purdue is three-point favorites. I really am. Uh, so this takes us, takes us to our best bet segment, which I dread right now because I missed last week. I am done betting Miami Hurricanes or any game involving Louisville. So I'm 1-4 on the year. Tyler? You won last week. You're three and two, Derek. You had your first loss of the year. You're three one and one. You guys are pretty respectable. I'm trash. So, Derek, what is your best bet of the week? All right. So, I, I think Illinois has been completely disrespected by the uh, media here. I, th- I think they will hold. They they beat Wisconsin last year. And I don't see him losing by. I, I I took him at nineteen and a half. Oh, nineteen and a half. Nice. Yeah, I don't. I don't see. I don't see Illinois losing by almost three touchdowns. I just don't see it. Okay, Tyler. I love the pick. And just a quick correction: Brian Brom is not uh, Jeff's son; is his brother. Oh, okay. Uh, so not. I actually qu- knew that. I'm sorry. So kind of kind of weird there, but. Um, but, but my best bet is I, I'm sticking with the overs. I'm going to go over in West Virginia and Texas Tech. Guys, this has been a weird year for the Big 12. Um, defenses have been really good. West Virginia is right up there with Oklahoma State as a as good a defense. Um, but I will say this. It is still Texas Tech, West Virginia. 55 and a half. I think they can clear that. 55 and a half. Okay. We'll see how, you know, West Virginia, they got a good defense, so that's going to be an interesting game. Really good defense, really good defense, but, again, 55 points. Both teams have averaged over 30 points a game. I I just, I think they're going to score. 
I mean, that's just such a low over-under, and it's still the Big 12. All right. My best bet. I'm hoping to change it this year. You know, last year I think I went 1-4 and four before I turned it around for a winning record. I think this is going to be the game here that changes it for me. And that's Alabama minus 21.5 against Tennessee. Tennessee is pure trash. Alabama, they're going to they're gonna hang at least 50 on Tennessee. And I don't think Tennessee, I don't even think that they're going to break the 24-point mark in this one. Uh, well, Justin, yeah, what? I hate to tell you this. I don't like this pick, and I haven't Why? liked your last couple. I will say uh, your last three best bets, this is your most likely to happen. It's a, it's um, a lock. It's my best bet. It, it's a lock. <laughs> I, Alabama, I, I, man, I don't know. I, they, they just came off an emotional victory. Tennessee, who knows what's you know, they, they just had their first loss. You I, don't again, think it was an emotional victory over Mississippi? Overall no, miss? Saying, no, I'm saying your mo- most uh, Alabama emotional victory over Georgia. Um, yeah, I know, I know. Little, but but the week hangover. before, but the week before, you don't think that was the emotional victory over Ole Miss? Not in not that shootout? Versus third, not versus the third best team in the country. I, hey, maybe you're right, uh, but buyer beware on Justin's best bet this week. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. If you fade my picks, man, you can buy a mansion. All right, let's get out of here, guys. We went extremely long. Uh, special thanks to uh, uh, Corey Thompson for joining us tonight. That was such a great segment there about Ohio State. Another special thanks to Connor Russell for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, and Apple Podcasts. Hit the subscribe button and don't forget to rate and review. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. Be safe out there. Stay home. And as always, go Big Red!